There can be healing in rebellion, that kind of rebellion against the status quo in pursuit of freedom and happiness is the ultimate earthly life force. Our guest has been on a journey to nurture the masses with this positive energy. And if you have yet to hear Lin Jang at your nearest subway station, his light at the end of the tunnel is traveling here to give us a taste of his new album, Metropolitan Avenue. I'm your host, Kenyatta Beasley, and stay right here because Lin Jang will feed our auditory senses with his vocal resonance right here on B-Side. It's tough for me to feel To nest my ground And I've been lost I'm all in the end now The only thing remains Is the blood in my veins Running cold, burning like a flame. I'm waiting on the sun, the sun to go down. I howl like the moon, the moon is on the rise. You can see it turn, hunger in my eyes. I suggest you run and find somewhere to hide. Cause my damnation is what's keeping me alive. I'm waiting on the sun, the sun to go down. I'm waiting on the sun, the sun to go down. Ash to ash and dust to dust. The moonlight, it doesn't burn quite as well. Hey, Lynn, what's happening, man? You good? I'm good, I'm good. But well, first of all, welcome to B Side, man. Um, and I, I think that um, I, I've seen you many days on my journey into Manhattan. I, I, I used to consider you to be maybe the only good thing about the G train line, to be honest with you. So you're, you're, you're originally um, born and raised in Brooklyn? Born and raised, yes. Uh, so how long have you been uh, singing and performing? Well, I've been born and raised in Brooklyn. I I um, born in Woodhall Hospital. Everybody knows Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I've been singing from what I understand since I came out the womb, man. My mom, my mom used to tell me to shut up and uh, you know, you sang it too much and be quiet. And I used to sing all the songs that would be on the radio. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I've been singing that long. My, my grandma said, well, he sang so much, put him on a choir. So got in church, he put me in choir. And long story short, man, I've been singing for a very long time. So at what point did you pick up the guitar? Um, I picked up the guitar in 2005. Oh. 2005. Um, I didn't pick it up again until 2007. So I got one in 2005. So wait, why the gap between that, that two? Because I gap? sold the first one. Oh. <laughs> the first one I got, I was like, you know, I practiced a little bit, and um, I was like, you know, I'm not feeling this. This is a lot of work. Wait. So wait. What? what so what triggered the, the the inspiration to return as far as you just picking up the guitar? Well, I got rid of the first one, which is a really nice nice guitar, mm -hmm. 
And then I had, because um, I had a band at the time too, I was working with a band. So um, I was kind of like, well, I don't need a guitar, I got my band repping me, so we got, then the band dismember, uh, disband and stuff. And um, anytime I got to do a show, I had to do acapella or something like that. And I was like, well, this isn't gonna work. I'm kind of used to playing with the band a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, a friend of mine, she gave me um, a guitar to uh, play with, and um, it stuck. I started working on a song. I got really, really to like a low point in my life, really, really depressed. And I grabbed the guitar and I went into um, the gym side of where I was staying at the time. And I played, and I must have played for like maybe four hours straight, four hours. And if I had that recording of me playing for four hours, it was the hard, most horrible recording and sound, but I played it from my heart, you know? And uh, I felt good about it. So um, that kind of triggered it, got back into it from there. When growing up, did you play any other instruments or you just sang or? I started off with the clarinet. I, I started playing the clarinet. Oh, sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, yeah, because I another another thing that was kind of too hard. And uh, now I'm just saying, I, I I know how brutal that instrument can actually. It really be. was, but I, I got um, I got as far as playing uh um, uh, oh my gosh, uh, London Bridge is falling down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. I got that far, and I was like, nah, you know. And also my mom, you know, she worked that night. I would come home and try and practice, and she'd be like, nah, man, nah, this ain't gonna work. So, um, yeah, I kind of gave up on the, on the clarinet, but um, <laughs> introduction and, and, into and the we, instruments. And we don't mean to insult all the clarinet players. <laughs> not at all, not at all. It takes a lot of love, a lot of patience, man, but yeah, that was my first instrument, the only instrument. So growing up, um, your, your main musical influences oh, were? Man. They're so big and vast, but I would have to say off the top, Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke, my, uh, my very first uh, Sam Cooke experience was my aunt, rest in peace, she's gone now, my aunt Jessie. She played a, um, a spiritual song by Sam Cooke by the hymn of his heavenly garment. And um, yeah, some of y'all like, but that was like a long time ago. Yeah. Um, long story short is uh, it, changed, it changed, changed me from the first time I heard his voice and I've been stuck there with him mm -hmm. from, from that point on. So everybody else that came along it was uh, Sam Cooke always first, so Michael Jackson and then, you know, uh, Marvin Gaye and all of the cast from the 90s and all that other jazz, but yeah, Sam Cooke right off the top. I'm in the club, it's Friday night, I feel alright, and I just got paid, said the DJ, he changed the song, and I saw this figure. Looking my way. So I grabbed my heart. I started to grind her. By the way she moved that thing. I could tell she wanted more. So I got close. Whispered in the ear. There's only so much I can do on the dance floor. I never thought. So Lynn, as we as we slowly creep toward the present, before you started playing music. Full time. Yeah. Um, what what were you what were you doing before before that? Wow, man. Oh. And 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 what actually inspired you to take that you know take the leap to say you know what I want to I want to do this full time. I've um, any job you can name I probably had it. Um, yeah, and um, very. I was I was about to say bar backing, but um, I was bar backing at the famous Mo's. 
up on uh, Lafayette and uh, Portland and Brooklyn um, for a little while before I went gun ho with this. But um, beforehand, I was just working, man. I was out here trying to do my music and um, trying to fit in with society and work every day and take care of my daughter at the time. I've, um, she's 17 now, but um, when she was a baby, um, just trying to provide for her the best way I knew how. But I was so unhappy in everything that I did. Only time I would have this, this, um, this feeling of like liberation and uh, peace within myself was all anytime I got a chance to perform. Anytime I got a chance to open my mouth, sing, or help people forget about stuff, whatever it was. So um, I started off um, doing a lot of shows, and then the shows started slowing down. I wasn't getting a lot of work. And um, I became homeless. That's a whole nother story. And um, I remember one year for Christmas, me wanting to get my daughter something, and I, I wasn't working at the time. I remember going to 34th Street. Uh, 34th Street is like two, two days before Christmas. And I sung at 34th Street. Um, I can't tell you how long, but somebody put my hat down and I... I um, long story short, man, I, I was able to buy her a couple presents and get a Christmas tree for her. And I, I went into the train station with just a Metro car, you know, and uh, getting all emotional. That changed it, that kind of set it right there. It was like I got the answer I needed right then in that moment because I've never been, I never been that happy, you know, um, to provide in the, the only way that I knew how. Right. And um, yeah, that set it off for me there. No, you know what, I, I, um, and I grew up on, on the streets of New Orleans playing, performing for people myself. And I think that the trick with, um, not the trick, but the, the talent and it needs to be something about the performer that actually gets people who are like either walking to some destination or doing to actually grab their attention. Since you started like um, playing in the subway, what, I mean, what, what, what devices do you use to, to actually grab people's attentions? Because we live in a generation where people's, people have headsets in, looking down at their phone, I don't want to talk, I just had a bad day at work. So how do you cut through all that noise? Um, I cut through that noise by targeting, but first, um, it's gonna sound a little cliche-ish, but um, I'm in love with myself, you know? I, I, I am, if you see me and any people that know me, man, I'm usually smiling and stuff, and that's truly because I'm in bliss, I, I am. I mean, I, I know a lot of stuff is happening in the world today, but um, when it comes to who I am, I'm at peace. So I let that vibrate out. I let that peace from within, that harmony that's in my heart. And that, that pure love, man, that's in my heart, I let it just come out. And um, I don't focus on the people that's not listening because nine times out of 10, it wasn't meant for them to. And then every now and then, I'll, I'll grab the attention of somebody who may not be listening. And then they might see me again. And this time, they forgot their headphones. And then boom, I got a new fan. So every now and then, I'll, I'll meet some people that just, they still today, they can't stand me since I started, still give me dirty looks. And <laughs> I still smile, I laugh because of that. But um, um, there's so many people that I've met and um, I love quoting this and it's, it's my own quote. I've been, I feel like I've been around the world because I met so many different people right, from right. different warps of life. And I never really left, you know, America yet. So it's, it's a weird, weird space to be. But that's, what I, that's how I target. 
people. I, I can imagine that you get far more looks of happiness than the looks of like spite. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, oh my gosh, I guess, I, guess, I guess tell you so many stories, but one particular story is the people who try and do it on the slick, like, you know, they'll slide past you and be like, you whack. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. This happened literally last week. A lady came up to me, I was on 110th Street in Manhattan. This young lady came up to me and she said, wow, you sound amazing, thank you so much. Your voice is so beautiful. She dropped the buck and she kept it moving. This guy walked past me, he goes, she was lying. <laughs> well, man, you know, that's, that's just the way in New York City, dude. I mean, like, this happens to me on a regular. Last story, last I have to tell, this is my, one of my favorites. There's a homeless guy on the train, F train. And I didn't realize when I got on the train, the reason why there, you know, there was a split. You know, there was a bunch of people on this side and a bunch of people on that side. So I'm like, hey, I got this middle part of my car to myself, cool. I get on the car and I right away smell and notice why it's split. And this homeless guy is sitting right here. He's knocked out, feet out, everything. He's just chilling. So everybody looking at me now, though, because, you know, they're like, what is he going to do? And I'm like, oh, God, the show must go on. So <laughs> I start singing, you know, I'm like, I start singing. And soon as I start singing, he wakes up. And he goes and he goes and he looks at me, he goes, I can't believe this shit. Uh -huh. <laughs> and he grabbed the shoes and he went down <laughs> to the other car. And everybody ran this way. <laughs> And the show had to go on, so I kept doing it. I made no money on that train, because everybody was laughing. And I, I went to the other side, getting ready to get off, and he was still there. The door opened, I'm getting ready to get off, and he said, yo, nice song, man. <laughs> I just looked at him and said, thank you, bro, and I got off. But that's, that's my life, man. So sometimes if uh, you come across me and I'm laughing, and sometimes I'm laughing really, really hard, it's sometimes it's because a situation like that had just occurred or I'll think about it and puts me in that mood and I can go on. From the beast there's no escape Your silver won't work today Hunger is kept at bay Till the very last light of the day You can see the vultures play When death on its way, sunshine, sunshine, leave love and lie behind. So, so after your uh, your initial performance at the 34th Street on that fateful Christmas Eve, Christmas night, uh, what what? Did you become so enthralled by it that you said, "Hey, you know what? I should start doing this more often," or this is what I. I, w I just want to do this. I want to play on the subway. Holy and, shit. And, cha and change lives. After that first time, it took me maybe a, a week and a half to go back. I was scared to death. Why? So um, I, um, I forgot about the initial feeling um, when I was there, when I was um, just singing from my heart from that special place. And I got back into fitting into society for that moment. And so um, it took a moment because I was like, it was, it was unreal. And I felt wrong about it. I felt like, oh, wow, um, I did that, but that's a one-time thing. You know, um, I shouldn't take advantage of that. I should find a real job or find somebody to sign me and put me on. The problem was is that the real jobs, I, I didn't make um, close to that amount 
in, in an hour. And I never did a job where I was so happy, you know? It was like, even though holding back tears that day, singing it, singing that day, um, I was so happy though, you know? And um, I got away from that for a moment and um, went back into that, uh, that place and that pocket of despair and uh, uh, disappointment and depression. And uh, I knew I had to pull myself back out of that. And so I went back and sung a cappella again. This time I didn't go to 34th Street, I went um, to 14th Street. Mm -hmm. And I sung a cappella there for a little while. Um, yeah, that was it. After, after that, then I started working on the guitar that I had at home. And that's where Moe's comes in. I was lucky enough to uh, land a bar backing job um, there. And then um, one of my closest friends, Ralph on uh, 89 Lafayette, and some of y'all know him, a lot of y'all know him. But um, that was like one of my, my closest homies and, and, and dearest friends and believed in me, literally believed in me, and gave me the space to find who I am now. You know, I, I can't go into details about that, but mm -hmm. I found myself, you know, because of a lot of people involved in my life. He was one of them. So as you um, start to play more in the subway, it, 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 you in theory become your own boss. Yeah. Because what, I think what a lot of people don't really understand about musicians is that by nature we're all entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And your talent is basically what you're showcasing and what you're selling, what you're selling to the public. So whenever I hear you play, I hear like a, a lot of like honesty, um, a lot of love for what you do, a lot of passion. Um, so the, the, my, my question for you is, Initially, how did you juggle the fact that, okay, got to pay bills, combined with the, you know, man, I'm really passionate about this, and when, and, and when did you decide to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go with my passion and, and let good fortune follow? Yeah, it's funny you say that. I had an overdue, overdue bill, and um, <laughs> I paid the bill off uh, the very next day, mm -hmm. and um, I was like, whoa. Um, I, I tell you the initial, the initial uh, thing was I brought lunch for myself. It was just that simple. I brought lunch for myself. And um, when, I, when the food came, all the times I've eaten in my entire life, it's gonna sound weird, but I, taste, I tasted every ingredient. I tasted every part of my meal. Um, and it felt so good going down because I earned it. I, I made my own money. And um, I didn't punch a clock. <laughs> I didn't uh, have somebody, I wasn't working for somebody else's dreams, I was working for mine. And it got addictive. It got truly, truly addictive. My family, I, um, I come from that family that's like, you know, there's other ways to do things in your life. You know, just uh, follow your heart, be passionate about it. And uh, like my, my uncle Garus, so don't be no chump. I always hear that, don't be no chump. <laughs> so uh, step to whatever you're gonna do and do it and put all your heart into it. And um, I did that and I, I said, I'm gonna try it out and see what happens. And every day I made more money. And, um, and when I say more, for me, um, and my lifestyle, which isn't, you know, extravagant, it's not like I'm trying to buy a whole bunch of stuff. I truly just wanted to do enough to take care of my children and um, be able to come back to work. Um, I'm really curious, your, your, your songwriting process, when you're writing new material, mm -hmm. um, describe your, your, your process of coming up with new songs, because they're, they're very deep and there's a lot of uh, eloquence and honesty yeah. in your uh -huh. music. 
Yeah, I, w I would say it's just being honest, being 100% um, honest with myself, what I'm feeling emotionally at the time. Maybe a little bit of what's going on. I hate to say it, um, I'm usually wrapped up in my own shit. Um, excuse me. Um, and um, letting that vib vibrate. Um, so the process might, might be, in, you know, usually everything comes from inspiration, you know, triggered by um, experience. Things that I see, things that happen on a, on a normal basis. Things that I went through as a child um, surfacing now um, and being able to articulate it through song um, when I, w I couldn't do it in words when I was younger. Um, especially as a kid, I had a lot, of, a lot of feelings and a lot of different thoughts and emotions going on and not really um, receptive people to talk to about it. Can understand that I mean, as so, you get older. So, so in theory, this is like therapy for you. Absolutely, sense. hit the nail on the head. Wow, I was uh, <laughs> trying to find the words to say that. You, you brought it up. Boom. Um, that's another reason why I'm so uh, drawn to it because it is my therapy. Is um, every day. And um, man, yeah, you hit the nail on the head right there. It's a very ther therapeutic thing. Wait, so. When you write songs, and do you, do you purposely just try stuff out and see how people react to them, or are you the, you're the kind of person that says, you know what, man, look, no, I wrote this and I'm gonna go down this angle. I really don't care what you think. Bingo. Okay. Yeah, I um, I'll write it, and being the being in the subway, people will give you their their honest opinion, and um, with that, I'm lucky, because um, I'm not afraid to try new stuff, try new music, try new songs. And um, I usually get my, my answers right then and there. I had a Spanish, Spanish couple come up to me one time and I was singing um, um, a rendition of um, Stand By Me. And uh, the older gentleman didn't like it. He didn't like it at all. And he was talking and his wife was like, don't worry about him, Papi, you sound good. Just nah. <laughs> but he, I knew he was like cursing me out in Spanish. And he even said like, I sound like somebody killing my cat. Um, <laughs> And that's how I learned to stay away from that, because then I did it again, and the same reaction was like, oh, no, nah, don't do that, bro. So there is a lot, a lot of experimentation. Yeah, yeah it is. Okay. there's some experiments, and uh, I'm lucky to hear them, have them crash and burn right then and there, mm -hmm. um, then try and develop them and make them bigger. But there's some that's just like, people are like, oh, my God, what's that? And I know right away. catch me first. Now either one way you see you are Ending up in that hearse Won't take me alive No way Won't take me alive No way I'm a killer First time I saw you, I was uh, coming back from Manhattan and it was Metropolitan Avenue. Uh, and I saw you would post up there quite a bit. So you decided to name your second release, Metropolitan Avenue. Yeah. Tell us something about the, the record and that collection of songs. So, how do you say, is it, is it my sophomore? Sophomore, yeah, yeah. Soph yeah, sophomore release. Yeah, my sophomore release. And um, it was full of honesty, just me being honest. I didn't have to, um, I wasn't trying to fit in the game. I wasn't trying to make this uh, immaculate looking photo. Somebody took that, that photo of me singing in a column because I, I, I love mm -hmm. singing in a column that becomes my microphone and I'm able to echo out and also block off a lot of people. 
and just focus on myself because I'm actually really shy. You wouldn't believe that, but I am. Um, but once I get going, that's it. You can't shut me up. So um, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, you're yeah. shy. I, 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 I can be. I can be. But I, I, I work it well. I've been around for long enough, so I can okay. work it well. But um, that helps me. Um, yeah. Long story short, the guy took the photo, and um, he sent it to me, and I was like, Oh my God, this is so, this is amazing, man. Can I use this? And he was like, Yeah. And I decided to use that as my album cover. And um, it's, um, the album is a selection of songs. It's 10 songs of the songs is that the, I is sing. Is the record um, the same format? Just, you know, um, voice and guitar? You? Absolutely. It's just my guitar and my vocals right now. So is the record out now or is it a... Absolutely. It's on uh, Bandcamp, lenzang.bandcamp.com. Um, it's the only place you can um, download it besides getting it from me. Um, and I'm out of copies right now, so you kind of got to go there. What was your freshman release, so your, um, de your debut release? My debut release was called A New Day. And at the time, it's funny, I came up with that song and um, decided to name the album A New Day because of what I wanted for the world. I felt like we were on a path to a new day, whether we want it or not, but realism is what we're going to be forced to be swallowing. You know? um, and then A New Day for myself, um, as a journeyman going through life, and that album signified a new journey for me, which was my own entrepreneurship and being a full-time musician. Are you at the point now to where you've garnered so much fame? Because I, I <laughs> no, I'm a, I'll, you know, to me, you're, you're, you're kind of famous. My man I see at Metropolitan Avenue or jumping Your on the Your mouth God's ears, man. I mean, so uh, have you seen any... Um, great career opportunities like develop from you know you you being in the subway for myself yeah oh man the most amazing things have happened and there's too much to cover i've i've been brought out to rikers island thanks to my boy uh chris slaughter and a host of um other poets that i used to work with i've been i've been brought out to um bar mitzvahs i performed at uh <laughs> birthday parties and and um I've been able to perform for the homeless and, and shelters and, and for food pantries and stuff like that. I've sung for cancer patients. I mean, like, the list goes on. Veterans, I mean, man. Yeah, so the, the, from films, I, I, I did a film called The Bluest Note. So a lot of things, a lot of things have, have come my way and they're still coming my way just because I'm following my heart. You wish you anywhere but her eyes are glowing red You're dreaming but you're better off dead You try to escape this hell But you ain't seen nothing yet The dragon in the sky Seems to laugh she She tries to survive But doom for eternity She wish she was anywhere But he Thank you, Lynn. Unfortunately, this is our final stop. Thank you, Lin Zhang, for this ride full of inspiration and positivity. Be sure to get Lin's album wherever you buy or stream music and stay in touch with Lin on Instagram at Lin Zhang Music and Twitter at Lin Zhang. I'm Kenyatta Beasley, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to tune in or stop by our Brick House studio every Thursday to hear more of the best music that Brooklyn has to offer. And he wish she was anywhere but he He wish she was anywhere but he The B-Side Podcast is produced by Charlie Hoxie, Keisha Cole, Ro Johnson, and Sasha Mathias. 
recorded by Onel Mulet and edited by Kyrell Palmer. For more information about B-Side and all Brick Radio podcasts, check out brickartsmedia.org slash radio. But What you know about that black magic I love you, Misa. I love you, Frankie. I love you, Lucian. Don't stay up too late. Thank you very much.